I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite- Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, we're joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from January of 1988. Oh, and what a great month it is. And we are joined by (laughs) G.I. Jolie. That's me. G.I. Jolie. Also joined by Bex Luthor. Hi, that's me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything and funny to say this time. Couldn't think of it fast recently enough. Recently promoted, Bex Luthor. All don't right. say that. Okay. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag. And oh, the no, my se- secret. <laughs> the second week in a row, this is, I think, maybe a first. Maybe it's not. But for two weeks in a row, we have the same guest, Barry Helmer. Thanks for joining us, Barry. Thank you for having me. And we wanted to contrast because last week was... Spider-Man at his darkest, right? Spider-Man at his most psychologically yeah. complex. And this week, we have Spider-Man playing football with a group of kids while the Watcher and a lizard alien watch him. So, yeah. What could it's be better? It's a strange better? time for Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just jump right into <laughs> yep. the web of Spider-Man number 34. There you go. With an intro like that. Um, it basically so- described the whole thing. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, so the cosmic gambit. Um, we start off with Spidey hanging off the side of a building, and he's watching a bunch of like ruffian street rat kids play football in an alleyway behind some buildings. And uh, we kind of get a little bit of like backstory of these kids. Not really, but they're just like, <laughs> they're just like they're they're the relationships with each other, I guess. Uh-huh. The the only thing that's really important is the small one's name is Gerbil, um, and he hurt his knee. And the big one's name is Truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his name's Truck. So anyway, Spider-Man's watching this happen. We cut over to the moon. <laughs> and we have uh, a dude named Asai, who is uh, a big green alien with like uh, 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 some sort of like gun hand. And he's talking to uh, Kiadi Mundi, I think, from. Uh, they're like talking about a bet of some sort. And then we, see, we cut over to Uatu. He's watching Earth, presumably. Uh, and, uh, what's this? What happens? Oh my god, Asai, he busts through the door. That's right, his cool cone gun that he's got on helps him cloak from everybody, 
and he the watcher couldn't see him so the watcher couldn't watch him and he ties him up with like energy bands and then we cut back to earth where spider-man comes in and says hey i hear i hear you're a man short because gerbil hurt his knee any way that i could play football with you guys (laughs) so uh the kids are like yeah that's fine but you got some rules and there's like this cute little scene or whatever where the kids are like you're too strong because you're spider-man so you got to have some penalties so he's not allowed to use his web. He's not allowed to jump. He's not allowed to, not allowed to use super strength. Uh, they don't have to tackle him. It's just like touch football. Um, and he's also got to play with one arm tied behind his back. So he agrees and they start playing and uh, they're down. They're like the, the, the other team. The red team is down by a lot. We cut over back to the moon mm-hmm. and uh we see that this tall headed guy is there and he's like, Hey, I didn't think that you could do it. I guess I lost the bet. So he pays him the money and dude leaves and we don't see him again. So don't worry about that. Um, then Asai says, listen, watcher, I'm about to kill you, but I know that all of the watchers have really cool weapons and items on their bases. So I'm going to go find that first. And he said, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, says, good luck with that. Uh, they're all booby trapped. So you're probably going to die or, you know, something bad is going to happen to you if you just go and try to use these items. So he's like, OK, let's make a wager. You and I will make a deal. Well, uh, if, if I win, uh, I'm going to kill you, but only after you give me all of your cool shit. And if you win, I'll let you free and give you my cool arm uh, that was able to, like, go invisible. So Watu agrees without even knowing the terms of the of, of the wager. So they go over to uh, one of Watcher's many tube TVs and they decide to pick out... Um, the this football game that's happening in the alleyway. So uh, uh, Asai decides he's gonna pick the red team. So the watcher is left with the other team, and we cut back to them as this uh, football game continues, and we see uh, Spider-Man kind of starts turning the tides, and he starts giving the other team like a pep talk, mm-hmm. like a Michael Secret stuff kind of pep talk and then they start like slowly coming back it's 56 to 14 56 to 21 38 31 and then finally it's at 56 to 45 when Asai starts to sweat he's like shit I might lose this this wager so I'm going to use my cool arm that for invisibility and also magic uh handcuffs I'm gonna send a beam down to earth and give uh truck super strength and just make him absolutely ripped so he becomes so strong he's able to like start tackling everybody with with ease and in doing so he hurts another kid's knee and it looks like they're gonna have to forfeit and acai is gonna win but gerbil steps up and he says that he's gonna help out so they only need to do uh it's it's like the end of the game they only need one more run and they've won so they decide what they're going to do is Spidey is going to throw the football to Gerbil 
because <laughs> nobody's going to expect him to catch it and him to be a, a vital play in the, the, the final play of the game. So we have this really dramatic ending here where we see Gerbil catch the ball, but he's he's five yards away from from the finish line and and uh, uh, truck is in the way and Gerbil tackles him to the ground and he stands up 56 to 58. They win celebration. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. We cut back to the moon and the watcher has already <laughs> banished his uh, Asai's cool uh, uh, robot hand into the middle of a sun and because of everything <laughs> that Asai has done the watcher is going to punish him for eternity and he turns him into a joker playing card forcing him to constantly be involved in gambling in a, ca- in a casino on earth so yeah that's <laughs> that's oh, that what a harsh punishment I mean I, I'd also point out they're those cards, they get thrown out. <laughs> Good point. Good Guys point. Guys going in the trash. So unrealistic. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. That I liked really it. Ruined the co- that really ruined the comic for me, how yeah. unrealistic yeah. it was. They the really the lost Just the last there. page. Everything else was fine. Um, <laughs> this could be... Is this the worst Spider-Man comic we've ever reviewed? Could be. No, it's I not. Know. I like this one. Yeah, this was so bad, awesome. but so good. This I love so this. Much this is the fun. best Spider-Man comic we've ever reviewed. Yeah, it's... it's I, I mean, okay, it's Okay, listen. It's not, it's not a good story. <laughs> it's not even an okay story. <laughs> but it was so much fun. I loved reading this comic. Uh, the art is super fun. Yes. Uh, the, the premise of it is just so unbelievably ridiculous. And it it's not con- there's there's no consequences in this like i never for one i never once <laughs> believe that spider-man is gonna lose a football game against a bunch mm-hmm. of kids one i never believe that acai over here is gonna beat the watcher like <laughs> this this green dude that we've never met before <laughs> so like so it was just complete fun it was it, like you know no not stressful to read super easy uh, uh yeah i loved it the, in a really weird way go ahead julie the football is so serious <sighs> in this book that i was like am i watching the super bowl <laughs> oh, honestly man. it was like it was intense um it's <laughs> like i don't know i don't know like from an outsider's perspective about comics like when we ask people who like sports to read comics is that is that how they see us is when i like read all of this football jargon i don't know much about football but this is pretty accurate like really incredibly accurate almost as if to say hey my name is what salbushima yeah (laughs) my name is salbushima and oh jim shooter Jim Shooter, the writer, Jim yeah. Shooter, My right. name did, is Jim Shooter, and I love football. Like, yeah, it, it was crazy. Like, he was, it was intense. He was Didn't showing he, off, yeah, a knowledge that, yeah, like I know, I know the rules of football, but he knows much more than I do. Yes, definitely. Yeah, there was like lingo and football bullshit in here that I was like, okay, chill, chill. Right, right, right. <laughs> chill, Joe Name, Joe Namath. Okay, do you know what? I don't know. Chill, football name um, insert it here 
So, Barry, what's your take on this issue? I mean, also coming off the Life in the Mad Dog Ward from last week, <laughs> what do you think of this one? Oh, man, there's so, so much to love about this. There uh -huh. was, like... I love that you were saying, like, oh, I never believed that, like, Spider-Man's going to lose a football match to a bunch of kids. But somehow he almost does. Like, it co it's so close. And, uh, and also, like, the bad guy is like, oh, we're going to bet on this football game. And then he does, like, like you know, like when Krusty the Clown, like, bets against the Harlem Globetrotters. And, like, <laughs> like he, he's like... Well, Dumb. I don't know anything about this Spider-Man guy, so he doesn't necessarily know Spider-Man's a superhero. Whatever, he's still an adult on a team with a bunch of kids. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. the team that's going to win. But he was like, <laughs> he's like, no, nah. I, I really like the idea of these, I like the looks of these kids. I'm going for them. You can take Spider-Man, even though <laughs> you just so told funny. me he was an exceptional human that you've been watching. I don't want to go, I don't want to bet on him. So the bad guy bets against Spider-Man. It's even funnier too, because right before that, Uatu says, these machines will give you the context just by looking at it. it. You don't have to have any prior knowledge. You know everything about what you're watching. Yeah. So he obviously knows that it's Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, it's... <laughs> I he also, knows the context. He knows that Spider-Man just joined because the machine supposedly told him. <laughs> I, I love the way it starts. And like Spider-Man is uh, like furious that yeah. his kids are playing football. And yeah. Like, right. He's, he's like, the fuck are they doing? Ball How dare they? And he's like, happy. these, these, he calls them like street urchins or something yeah, yeah. like he that. He says there's no windows left to break, huh? No old folks left to mug. And then he, and then <laughs> right. he go, and then they're throwing he, the football and he I goes, it's probably full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, these kids can't win. They break windows, Spider-Man uh, takes them out. They just play football and Spider-Man calls them, like, calls them street garbage. What but, the hell? Bunch, bunch of kids. Like being like wholesome and playing games with each other as uh -huh. Spider Man is like, I can't put a stop to this. Bunch of crackheads, <laughs> I bet. Uh, Bex Jerbal. What yes. do you think? The I love Greatest it. story ever. Worst yeah. story ever. Come on. Okay, so Craven's Last Hunt. Great. Mad Dog Ward. Awful. This right after? Thank God. I needed this. I needed this <laughs> to just get that. that like even if even if there wasn't the Mad Dog Ward stuff in the middle, just to like come back to like, oh yeah, Spider Man's played football with some kids. Wholesome mm -hmm. Spider Man, yeah, he he would go down and play football with the kids, and they they'd be like, oh, you're Spider Man though. We gotta tie your hand behind your back. He's like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> zero fear. Like it's it's very sweet, except for the first panel where he accuses them of throwing drugs around <laughs> right. with, without having any knowledge. They're just like children they're they're definitely children and they're like poor kids in a poor neighborhood just playing football because that's all they got and peter's got to squash them when they're down like that's so rude you don't know them peter but yeah besides that <laughs> super wholesome the the whole watcher essay thing hilarious and it gives spider-man playing football a reason to be an issue of a spider-man comic yeah yeah because right well i would love to read just spider-man playing a game of football with kids most people would be like, well, what is this? It's just, what is this nonsense? Because as a fan fiction reader, that's what a lot of fan fiction is. It's just like the wholesome little snippets of, of, the, of the uninteresting. 
Mm-hmm. But then you make it interesting with, with the Aliens Watcher. I love that Peter never finds out about this bit. I think that would have ruined it. <laughs> well, <laughs> good point. Yeah. He like senses it. He's like, I feel like this game is probably important, but that's that it. Was, that's <laughs> so brutal, eh? Because like his Spidey sense is like a little bit like, oh, something's probably going on way out there, but it's like so far out of his realm of understanding that it, it doesn't matter right. at all that, right. yeah. that this SIE guy is probably going to destroy all of their universe. <laughs> and it's also something that's like in the future that might happen, right? Like. Like he's sensing something that might happen, right? But it's so, but it 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 could be so dangerous that it it even though it's like a what if, it still likes it off his spider senses. Mm-hmm. And I just love the concept of like, well, how do we who who would, are we gonna have? Who's gonna fight the Watcher and be able to sneak up on the Watcher? Oh, uh, some guy. <laughs> some guy uh, he's a berry. Yeah, where's uh? Sorry. What's yeah. this? What's this weapon that he has? Uh, it, Galactus died. Remember when that happened? This is from him. Oh, okay. Nobody else noticed. Okay, cool. Did anybody else catch Spider-Man cheating on several occasions? Because <laughs> like they they gave him all his handicap rules, and then he's still using his sticky hands. Yeah, no superpowers, mm-hmm. Spidey. So oh, yeah, okay. and uh, they call they do they call him out on it for catching it with one finger, and because he's Spider Man, they're like, yeah, okay, yep, <laughs> moving on. Because uh, he's he's a, he's an adult. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So here's the thing. Let's quickly point out the art is by Sal Buscema, who is actually awesome in this issue. The art's fine, right? Like he tells the story; it looks great. The inks are by Vince Coletta, who makes it a little bit Marvel generic, but that's okay. Salbusema's pencils still come through. Salbusema is about to take over. Actually, he draws Peter Parker or the Spectacular Spider-Man this month. So he's just about to take over. So this might be an inventory story. I'm not sure. But we should also point out that everyone's favorite writer, Jim Shooter, wrote this issue. Also, who also wrote Secret Wars 1 and Secret Wars 2. Becca, I know he's one of your favorites. So Yeah, he points out that he does a callback to it. He's like, oh, the, you guys remember? Secret he's like, remember Secret Wars? It was this issue that he got this thing from Galactus, and I was like, all right, yeah, nobody's going that far back, dude. Like, yeah, relax. Uh, I don't know what to say. Jim Shooter is talented, but like, when this is <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, he knows how to tell a story, but he's again. His attitude towards humans is comes through <laughs> so obvious at the beginning when he's like. <laughs> this is this is him like this is not peter parker looking down at these kids this is jim yeah. shooter ball is probably full of crack that's probably how he sees all kids having fun right they're probably drug dealers <laughs> then, so like i'm gonna write comic books for children yeah. there you go. those little shits yeah <laughs> i think if it wasn't for that first panel this would be a perfect comic just stupid and silly enough to be in the realm of comic books, but also sincere mm-hmm. enough to be an intriguing story that I actually enjoyed reading. Just let's not sh- shit all over the children. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, in all seriousness, um, since we took a tangent after while talking about the art, the this book does something really cool that a lot of books um, can't do because they're not about a football game. Which is, um, they use the text to 
tell the score. It reminded me mm. of uh, mm. mm-hmm. Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Where, oh, yeah. Um, the choreography has to also be married to the like visual text on the screen like right, right. sight sight gags and this was this was the exact same thing like if they would have illustrated this based on their knowledge of televised football it would have been boring as hell to read mm-hmm. but they didn't they gave us like football choreography for comics which made it 1000% easier to read and 1000% more fun to read. Like you get the score behind them instead of the brick buildings, which is really cool. Um, <clears throat> in like pulled out mid shots where you see all of them at like whatever the 40 yard line is, the entire team is colored blue. One entire team is colored red. And it's only until you get those like close ups that you see like their individualized shirts are actually different colors. Gerbil, who is clearly Spider-Man's favorite, happens uh-huh. to be wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt. Like <laughs> super cute stuff like that. Like I really, I really like this comic for the uh, for those uh things Touches. that they can do with football, <laughs> with sports that make it interesting to me because yeah, aside from watching it live, I don't want to know about football. Because <laughs> it's just like not fun. Mm. But this made it fun. You could throw Spider-Man in there and we might watch it. Right? <laughs> no, yeah. you put Spider-Man anywhere near a stadium and we know it goes wrong, so... <laughs> you know Did he get married in one? <laughs> this episode is going to um, premiere the day after Super Bowl, so it kind of yeah, works out. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the football such... episode. <laughs> How convenient. After that, that singing high of the call, they'll have this to listen to. Sorry, I don't know what that I... means, but anyway, um, huh? go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm referencing the uh, the halftime show that oh. is upon us. Oh, okay. who who's doing it? I don't even know. I don't know anything about football. Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary oh. J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, mm. Kendrick Lamar. Come on, people. Come on. Oh, it's gonna be pretty, pretty cool. cool. It's yeah. a pretty good line. That's a pretty good lineup. Yeah, yeah. I'm just get rid of Eminem. about it already. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, it, it's supposed to be world shattering. My my world will be shattered. But enough about rap. Onto the book. That um, you know what I'm saying. This is exciting. Yeah, it, this is exciting. <laughs> the, yeah, this this was a a surprisingly really fun book to read. Um pretty good overall especially like especially coming off of craven's last hunt and then seeing just the cover of this i was just like are you kidding me this is gonna be so bad but no i i genuinely really liked it and like i enjoyed reading this just as much as i enjoyed reading craven's and like obviously they're not on like the same exact level it's really hard to compare the two stories it's like comparing pulp fiction to like airplane right or something you know what i mean like they're both very good movies but like one is objectively more like serious thoughtful and serious and the other one is like meant to be like a light comedy so it's like and i like them both for different reasons it's 
it's very similar with this comic. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I really love how just ridiculous and goofy this is. Right. And they know how ridiculous and goofy it is. They're not taking themselves seriously. This was never meant to be uh, like life threatening comic. It was not supposed to be like, oh, my God, the world's going to end. It was mm-hmm. just like kind of a small plot to push this goofy ass story and i love it yeah well yeah what i gotta say one other thing so back in when i was a kid i had every issue of spider-man from say 1983 to 1993 okay except this issue you wouldn't took me no it took me so long to find it i i couldn't find it anywhere it was so rare and to this day i have no idea why but i finally found it and i was like this is the Holy Grail. Like, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Are you kidding me? But yeah, I have no idea like why it was so rare. But yeah, this was the one. Interesting. This is the one that eluded me. So anyway. So I guess the only thing we can do is give it a recommendation. Uh, I recommend it on a scale of 1 to 10 for superhero fun. I give it a 10. <laughs> so I definitely recommend it. It's, the art is excellent. The story is crazy. But as long as you accept the crazy. Let's remember... Uh, Jim Shooter started writing Legion of Superheroes when he was 13 years old, okay? So he has got experience writing insane stories about aliens and kids and other kinds of fun stuff. So anyway, I recommend it. Uh, G.I. Julie, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I recommend it. Football fans or not. Crack fans or not. (laughs) Read it. It's super fun. Crack fans. Usually... You know, Paul would say, I would hate this. I think Paul would guess that I would hate this, but I love it. I surprised myself, so (laughs) I recommend it. All right, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, it's a definite recommend. Uh, It's goofy, and it knows that it's goofy, and that's what what makes it so fun. Um, So I would definitely recommend it. On the base, like, with, like, prefacing this is not supposed to be like a crazy story or anything a, a serious crazy, story it is crazy serious. yeah, 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 yeah. Serious story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe it is all right bex luther uh absolutely recommend it in fact i'm going to name my firstborn son truck in honor of this comment <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> all right uh truck barry. luther <laughs> truck. <laughs> uh, barry what do you think hell yeah i loved it uh lots of fun yeah i i i just i saw the cover i was like oh this could be a train wreck and then like i'm only a a few pages in i'm like oh this is fun so yeah absolutely all right okay so with that we are gonna jump to another fun comic amazing spider-man number 296 and bex luther you're gonna tell us what this one's about this one was less fun (laughs) because (laughs) there was no football great cover that's true honestly the, even the cover, the, the web of cover, yeah, he's playing football off the watcher's forehead. Still great. <laughs> I really love it. Like, that's funny. Um, but yeah, so we start off with this cover. It's got Spidey. It's got Doc Ock. We start off, Spidey's walking home in the rain. Um, it's pretty funny. He's mumbling about how he should change his web shooters because he ran out of web fluid again. So he's got to walk home in the rain. But luckily, the rain is keeping his neighbors off the roof so he can go into his skylight, go back home. Mary Jane is also conveniently just written out of this. She's still, she's, where is she this time? Uh, oh, she's out overseas. Frog or Aspen, <laughs> I think, maybe Aspen. Right. N- not in the Colorado. country. Colorado? Yeah. <laughs> she's not here. She's somewhere else. Um, because why, why would you 
want to bring the wife of Peter Parker into the stories after you just forced them to get married. But she doesn't. <laughs> and he just died like two weeks ago. He was missing for two weeks and she's still gone. Um, so Peter's like, oh, I wonder what I should do. And he starts thinking about new like web shooter designs and everything like that. And he falls asleep. Then we go over to um, the South Brooklyn psych- psychiatric facility where Doc Ock is being helped. Um, his arms are removed from him and he's not attached to them anymore. And it looks like he's got Dr. Jefferson, I believe is his name, is mm-hmm. trying some interesting therapy techniques to, to, to try to help Doc Ock out of his um, fear of Spider-Man. And so he's in a sleep state and he's having a nightmare where Spider-Man just basically kicks his ass and flicks him and calls him a shrimp. and um, his connection to his arms awakens, and the arms, which are being held in a different facility, start freaking out. So Octavius, um, in a very, very comforting and tender moment, wakes up in a rush, and his doctor rushes to him and hugs him, and it's very sweet. Um, we go back to Peter Parker's apartment, and he fell asleep on the couch. And then he's, he's thinking about his web shooters again and how he wants to make them plastic this time so that he can take them abroad and not have to worry about metal detectors. Um, and then he's thinking, he's like, well, that's going to cost me a lot of money and I don't want to ask my wife who makes millions of dollars for that money. (laughs) So better call Kate Cushing and ask her if she's got any work for me. So he calls her and she's like, nah, F off, dude. I don't need any pictures of Spider-Man today. So he goes swinging around and he's like, oh, I got to find some trouble to take pictures of the trouble to sell to the Daily Bugle to build my web shooters instead of asking my rich wife for money. Who knows I'm Spider-Man? Um... (laughs) <laughs> we go back to Otto Octavius and they're trying an even deeper sleep therapy thing and he has another nightmare where everyone is Spider-Man and he starts freaking out and then spiders start crawling all over him um, meanwhile at the facility where his arms are being held they're freaking out and they're breaking out of their containment and the two goons who are like meant to, to guard it are like oh um, yeah no this is this is not fine we better go get some help so Peter's spider sense goes off. So the arms go on a rampage, and because they don't have any connection to Otto, they're completely autonomous, and they don't care how they get back to Otto. So they're, like, crashing into people and buildings and police and all that jazz. So Peter's got to jump out and save some of them. Then one guy's like, you know, I always thought you were a menace, right after Peter saved his life. And he's like, wow, thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> so the arms break into the psychi- psychiatric hospital that, that Otto's at. And they reconnect with him, and it immediately triggers back all of his evilness. And he he just leaves. He he younces out of the building, and, and Peter sees that he was a little bit too late. So Otto goes back to one of his old hideouts, which apparently he had, and his goons were still just hanging out there. And he's like, oh, you guys have been waiting for me all this time. That was so nice. And they're like, we're not waiting for you. We're not working for you. And he, he rips a car in half, and they're like, all right, maybe we'll work for you. <laughs> So Peter's going through the city, and he's trying to figure out a plan how to find Doc Ock, and he goes back to, to Kate Cushing, and he's like, hey, could you run this in the paper for me? And she's like, that doesn't sound like a good idea, but okay. Um, <laughs> we'll put it on the front page. <laughs> yeah. twist, twist my arm. And then and then Peter goes to, to Otto's doctor, Dr. Jefferson, and he's like, I have a plan to find Otto. And he's like, that doesn't sound like a good plan, but okay, I'm in. Um, so what they do is they run a, a fake ad in the paper that Dr. Jefferson is writing a tell-all book about Dr. Otto Octavius. And this pisses him off. He's like, how dare you betray me? So he goes to confront the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, I'm sorry, Otto. And it turns out it was a trap. And then there's all these cops around. And Otto's like, these cops can't stop me. What are you going to do? And Peter's like, no, I'm here to stop you. And then fails to stop him. 
Um, <laughs> they just destroy a lot of the walls in this hospital. So Peter leads Otto to the basement because he thinks there'll be less people to hurt down there. Uh, meanwhile, leaving no exit for him. And then Peter realizes that the one thing that the arms are programmed to do above all is to protect Otto. So even if they have the chance to kill Spider-Man, they won't because they have to protect Otto. So he blasts Otto with a boiling hot steam and gets out of there. Um, you know, so Peter then sells his pictures off and is very smug about it. And he's like, well, I won't have to worry about that guy for a while. Meanwhile, the next two, three panels are him having to worry about that guy. <laughs> and then that's the initiates. Uh, so here's the thing. On principle, I really hate the idea of Spider-Man's like second biggest villain being frozen in fear at the sight of Spider-Man. But this issue itself was fun. Written by David Michelinie, you know, and drawn by uh, Alex Saviak, who's about to take over Web of Spider-Man. So it feels like a classic issue of Spider-Man. You got all, all of the classic Spider-Man bits, like he runs out of web fluid, he's got to walk home in the rain, he's got to sneak into his, um, what's it called, sunroof thing, you know, um, I don't know, all that stuff was fine. I just felt like it was kind of a generic issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Um and again, the fact that Mary Jane's not even in the story tells me it might have been written before they were married and then just slotted in, but I don't know for sure. Uh, but I guess that's it. I don't really have much to say about this one. Uh, Josh, what did you think? Yeah, I, I pretty much feel the same. Um, it wasn't super bad, but it was just like, mm, it was all right. Um, I really do like the stuff with Doc Ock. Uh, I really like seeing his connection with the tentacles. Um, when they're completely separated. We've definitely talked about this before on the podcast. I think maybe, I don't remember if he was in a, in a hospital after that big fight with Spidey the, the first time. Mm -hmm. And is like his arms were being kept in like a facility somewhere else and they broke out and they were like going through New York and like destroying things. Right. Uh, but we've definitely talked about it before. And I think it was all in his sleep where this one is kind of like the same, but it's like, manifesting in his nightmares mm -hmm. and they're they're being properly like held in this facility but he, doc ock's nightmares are just like giving them such like a powerful like psych like brain energy and it gives them that like strength to break out of prison to go save and help him which is pretty cool i really like that um yeah, seeing him vulnerable like this is interesting. It is a little weird that he's like completely scared of Spider-Man still. Mm -hmm. So we've uh it's been like a year probably, right, of him being scared after that like huge fight with Black Cat. Right. And the owl, right? right. That was around that time. So um it is weird, I guess, to still see him like cower in fear it, it, it I mean it makes sense maybe to, for him to have like nightmares and to actually be scared because it's you know obviously dangerous for him to fight spider-man but to like cower in fear is a little weird i think right right he, yeah. it just makes him like an ineffective villain like not scary at all right but uh yeah i i like seeing him vulnerable i just feel <clears> like it's just kind of uh i don't know it's it it feels just like a gimmick rather right. than like an in-depth look mm -hmm. into uh, his mind. Right. Okay, Barry, tell us, what did you think of this issue? Yeah, you know, same. It, it was, it's a generic, 
it feels like a generic amazing, right? It just feel, you know, it slots right in there. It's fine. Um, I liked a few things. Like, I, I, I enjoyed the nightmares themselves. I thought they had a nice variety to them, even though they're all spider-related. Um, they did some cool images, you know, giant Spider-Man and, you know, all the spider people and all the spiders crawling on them. That was fun. It did have... <laughs> this is such a weird nitpick, but, like, I had this, like almost like laughing fit over one mm. stupid panel in it and like it's you know spider-man gets home he's he been out of the rain he takes a shower and uh he takes a kettle off the stove and he's like oh good uh, he's like oh good the water's hot and i'm like all i kept going was a you have spider sense yeah you know the water's out <laughs> Two, you're a human being. You can also tell that things are hot when you pick them up. <laughs> yeah. Three, you just boiled the water in a kettle on uh, the stove. You fucking like. Do you, if if we needed a scientist to explain the concept of boiling water to you, you're also one of those. <laughs> <laughs> like he's mystified. By sometimes, right. and th this this points out like a gen like this thing that you see in old comics a lot, where it's like the writer like doesn't let the artist just tell the story visually. He's right. like, I have to like describe what he's doing, right. and it's just like he could have just written Spider or like Peter Parker takes kettle off stove. You don't have to be like, mm -hmm. oh, good, the kettle's done. Like, we right, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's all I had. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Bex Luther. I like this one. Um, I I like like Josh said. I don't care for the the Doc Ock being so petrified parts. Right. I'm not even a big fan of the fight at all. Separately, I really enjoy Peter Parker making tea and drawing up plants in his apartment, and Doc Ock getting psychiatric help by a doctor who generally seems to care about him. I really mm -hmm. really like those two things. Um. I wish there maybe was more to them and less of, like, the, like, yeah, they have to fight at the end. I get it. It's Spider-Man. But, like, I wish there was more. I want, like, Peter talking to the psychiatrist and being like, oh, well, he's afraid of me. Like, what can we do? Like, like mm -hmm. not, not, this is my plan, and we gotta, we gotta trick him so we can capture him. How about, mm -hmm. like, let's figure it out. Like, maybe that's gonna continue, because clearly this leads on a cliffhanger. But I just, I love that. Peter doesn't think so. Okay, right. Peter. Okay. I love that. He's like, well, that guy's out of my, my I hair. I love that he's like, no. uh, I won't have to deal with that guy for a while. And I was like, what about your encounter suggests that? <laughs> See, can I just say that I thought this ending was actually, like, really bad. Like, you know, the logic that Dr. Octopus uses to come to this conclusion is just so <laughs> stupid. I'm just gonna... I forgot about it, yeah. But yeah. he's crazy, so he has a pass well, on that. Peter's well, not. <laughs> it's quite simple, really. Since Spider-Man's base of operations is Manhattan, the surest way of destroying him is by destroying New York City. Yes, it's so very clear. Like, that is that is something even the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends cartoon would feel it was too outlandish for him to say, you know? <laughs> but whatever. I don't know. Maybe uh, it's the arms talking. They're like, yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, we'll just destroy the whole city. I love the guards. I love that they're like, well, just guarding these arms all day. This should be. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, G.I. Julie, what'd you think of this one? Um, 
I mean, what is to be said that hasn't already been said? Uh, I pretty much agree with everybody. I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. Um, it's very typically Spider-Man. Um, it's something very strange to return to. Do I will say, though? Okay. I will say something. And that is not, oh, my God, Barry's cat is the cutest. Um, does he have a little pink nose? She? Yes, he? yes oh. she does. Oh, what a sweet <laughs> heart. Oh, you just look so soft. Okay. That's like um, the part-time job for the spider cast is getting distracted by cute pets. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see Josh sort of like shushing Parker and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no, let him speak. <laughs> let him speak. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I will admit that I actually went back a few issues because it felt like... Uh, when I first started reading, I was like, Dr. Octopus, did we miss something? When was the last time we saw him? Like, did I... Um, so we had Craven, right? That was the last mm-hmm. thing we did. So I went back before that and I was like, oh, okay, Pete gets married. Okay, and I went back before that and I was like, mm, no, no Doc Ock. It, it feels like there's a, a jump. Like... Um, I, when I started reading the issue, I felt like I, it was like missing an issue before this. Mm. Did anyone else feel like? No, I don't. I don't, I don't well, know. To me, it felt like as a, far as the Doctor Octopus storyline is concerned, I didn't feel that way because we've been reading them for a really long time, so it it does connect to like a previous story of about um Spider Man like finally defeating doc ock and mm. it was like this is it the final battle i'm not letting up because he keeps wait i think maybe you were on around that time but it was like a long time ago it was well mm-hmm. over a year on mm-hmm. the podcast but it was when felicia was like in and out of the hospital <sighs> that was a long time ago yeah that was a long long time ago i think that's what this is about is that that was like the final battle, right? And Spidey's like, I'm not hold- pulling my punches anymore. And he like completely knocks out Doc Ock, puts him in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, ever since then, he's been scared of Spider-Man. Yeah. So yeah, that in if that is a year ago in Spider-Cast time, that's like five years in comic book time yeah yeah it's a it's a while for sure yeah so that's like angel being in hell for a thousand years um except so so we're like we're like okay that's fine whatever um but still i would have had to go back a while like i knew that they connected but i was like wow they took a long time to reconnect and i'm not like clicking back to find it anyway it doesn't matter um had i come in fresh and had never read about the encounter with felicia i would have maybe been a little confused about uh why doc ock is in the hospital but i um i also want to point out that peter suddenly being married um dresses much better (laughs) and is a little more cultured like usually he comes home and he takes off his costume and throws it in the sink and forgets that all five of his costumes are in the sink for when he has to use it again but now he's wearing like silk bathrobe and slippers he's making oolong tea (laughs) who is she right now 
I have to say it. I have to point it out. But yeah, he's just like <laughs> spread out like Tom Selleck all over that fold out <laughs> futon. Convertible, like they, he has convertible furniture, which is very hip at the time. So Mary Jane has changed this man for the better, <laughs> except for that he still thinks that she could be home right now giving him a back rub. Mm-hmm. She's out making your money. Right? <laughs> Who do you think bought you that silk robe? Definitely Pete. her. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's come a long way from, de- you know, having a depressing Christmas Eve drink with his suit. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly I mean, point out. Oh, go ahead, Bex. I was gonna say he's still alone. He just has tea now. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. Tea and slippers. And now he misses his wife instead of everyone. So I gotta quickly point out. I believe this is the first issue of Spider-Man ever drawn by Alex Saviuk, who went on to draw Spider-Man for twenty years. Uh, between a seven-year run on Web of Spider-Man and then moving on to draw the um, the daily comic strip where he took over for, I think, John Romita. Um, Barry Helmer, what did you think of the art in this issue? The inks by Vince Coletta kind of ruin it, but what did you think of the pencils in this issue? I liked it. I thought it was re- really standard art. I mean, even, the, you know, the stuff Julie was saying, like, the fact that they're telling a bit of a story with how Peter looks and how he's, you know, you're able to, that is coming across wordlessly in the art, right? So obviously mm-hmm. there's something going on there. And yeah, you know, it it's not the most exciting, mm-hmm. you know, art in the world, but it's pretty good. I mean, like last week, you know, Life in the Mad Dog Ward, like, mm-hmm. you could hardly tell who characters were half the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. it's a step. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh, you got any thoughts on the art? Yeah, I, I did really like it. I think my only complaint is um, I really hate the Spider-Man logo in this issue. <clears throat> it's really bad. Like, on almost every, every panel, the like, it's, oh, on it his looks chest, like a you mean. dumbbell. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a dumbbell. Like it's like <sighs> two circles with like a weird like stick in between them. Hmm. Okay. Um. But other than that, everything seems to be really good. I love Doc Ock ripping the car apart. Mm-hmm. Um. The arms like crashing through the city is like a really great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Clearly, all laid out. Like it. Yeah. It's it's really good. I'm excited to. To keep reading uh uh issues penciled by him awesome uh bex luther what'd you think of the art yeah no same thing it it very easily conveyed the story you don't have to squint to figure out what's happening mm-hmm. or who's talking or which person is which you know nothing is like stand out like wow that's an incredible piece of art put it on my wall but also you know it does its job um except there is one thing that i want to put on my wall and it is in Doc Ock's nightmare, the second nightmare, there where everyone's dressed up as spider spider people. There's this woman in a Spider-Man skirt and boots and a blonde wig, and I just who is she? I need to know. <laughs> oh yeah, I see that. I don't um, notice that. Wow. And just big old bazongos. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, she, she's got a full Spider-Man costume on, but also a boob window at the same time. But also a boob window. <laughs> yeah. Which I am thankful has never been repeated in further spider people. <laughs> scrolled down at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but just the fashion choices in this, it, this is a great 
This is a great art moment. The guy, there are some... <laughs> the guy wearing the Tommy Bahama shirt that's all spiders. Yeah. Spiders? I was just yeah. going to say, I'm, I'm digging that Spider-Man Hawaiian shirt. That's great. Like, some of them are just regular people clothes, but with a spider suit underneath. But some of them are Spider-Man themed, like the spider <laughs> cop. There's um, a, yeah, there's a guy in a suit in the way in the background. It's, it's like a three-piece suit, yeah. but it has a Spider-Man logo on it. That's awesome. Yeah, there's like, and the, the spider guy's driving the bus, like... One of the uh, signs of Spider-Man's face. Mm-hmm. Wow. The store is called the Black Widow Shop. I just, I'm a big fan of that panel. Mm-hmm. There's one Spider-Man with a Walkman. Like, this is mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love that the women still have hair, but are have full Spider-Man masks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this homeless woman is Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no. So, Julie, fantastic. you were with you. I mean, you filmed the interview with Alex Saviak. You met him twice, I think. What do you think of this art? He's such a nice gentleman, and I'm so yeah. happy that he is because his art is really good too. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, you know, what I mean, like, I don't have any issues with it. It's very, like Barry said, it's very like standard for comic book art. Um, which I mean, which is not an insult or uh, like high, high, high praise, but it's praise because. It means that I can read without being burdened. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I think about it, I should have known how far back the Doc Ock story goes because in his flashback, Spider-Man is wearing the classic costume. Mm-hmm. And I just noticed that while I was reading now and I'm like, shit, dude, this Alex Saviet guy, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Thing- also, I think Dr. Octopus is also wearing his classic costume. Yes. Yes, yeah. he is. Yep. I should have known that there was like a time jump anyway. The it's thing just is, good. It's yeah. Just- the thing is, is that uh, his art is, he started, I think, in the late 70s. He has a very late 70s, 80s feel to his art, right? Like he's not trying to be cool. He's not trying to be hip. He's just trying to tell a story. And his art is very... I don't know what the word is. There's no word for, I, I don't there's no word in the English language for what I mean, but it, it fits a certain feel and he gets it. You know, and it's all it's almost like it it never really changed. It was always the same and it was always good, and that's why I like him. Mm, that's it. It was yeah. like um not conveyor belt, what is it? No, um do you mean uh like Henry Ford, what's that called? Um not Your that yeah, not, not assembly, assembly line. line. There you go. I don't yeah. really think it's like that. I think it's more like, you know, it's like grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, you're not getting caviar. You're getting grilled cheese, but it's good grilled cheese, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I have to see it anyway. Yeah, so, and there's ru- you, there's no, room for the some. Thing. Is yeah. the butter on the outside? Yes, both. Yes, okay. It's both. both. <laughs> or also, I will say. He draws Peter Parker very sexy, and I think that's very sexy of him. So, like, <laughs> give me more thought, Peter Parker, please. Mary Jane knew exactly what she was doing when she bought that robe. She's like, yes, my husband and all of his abs are going to be wearing this silk for when I get home. <laughs> From and Aspen. Just, just God bless her, you know. The, I'm this not, Peter, I'm not, I think it is Aspen, isn't it? <laughs> I, yeah. I, <laughs> is it Aspen? She's at yeah. a shoot in Aspen. Yep. Oh shit! I thought you were just guessing. <laughs> oh, it is Aspen. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, she's not here. 
And again, super hot Peter Parker, so. Well, there's seven more years to come from Alex Saviak, so we got more where that came from. So, uh, oh, more yeah. slutty Peter Parker? Yes. Fantastic. So obviously I recommend, I mean, this issue is, uh, I guess you could say it's slight, but it's fun. It's a classic issue, so I recommend it. Uh, Barry, what about you? Oh, yeah. It's fun. All right. Uh, Josh? Yeah, it's it's all right. I think the art is really good. The story is just fine. Um, there's a lot of really good ideas that I would like them. I, I'd like to see them explore further. Um, this story is supposed to be about Doc Ock's like mental state, and really, we don't ever actually see him like trying to fix that or like even talk about what's bothering him. We only see like the doctor's perspective. Never really like the two of them talking about it. So um yeah i i want to see a little bit more of that so it's a it's definitely a a mild recommend but it's not like top tier you know okay uh bex luther uh eight spider-man high fashions out of ten (laughs) okay uh gi jolie uh it's also a mild lukewarm um hotter than his like cooler than the oolong tea recommendation uh i just i think this i feel like this issue is going to only work if it is accompanied with the issue that comes next (sighs) so there's a part two coming yep yeah i've and and i'm going to be really disappointed if like josh said if they don't explore um beyond his inevitable trying to inevitably to trying to destroy brooklyn or mm-hmm. all of New York, sorry. All of New York. Yeah. Um, sorry, just Brooklyn. All of New York, it's not just Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond him doing that, why? Um, when you give us your main character and he has no motivation other than um, to not hurt anymore, it's like. But we need to know why he doesn't want to hurt anymore, and we still don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> but anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so with that, we are going to move on to Spectacular Spider-Man. I don't know if you guys noticed they changed the title. Yeah, it's not Peter Parker. Right. So it's no longer Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. It's the Spectacular Spider-Man. Like we said, we have a new editor of the Spider-Books, which is Jim Salakrup. So he was making, you know, his presence felt here. We have a three-part story uh, that does not cross over to all three books. It just in this one but i did have this when i was a kid so i've read it many many a time and so i'm glad to um uh summarize this one so we start off with a character who we've seen before this is stan carter otherwise known as the sin eater who we know because he murdered gene dewolf as well as a priest as well as some other people we start off with stan carter in prison with what appears to be the sin eater separate speaking to him and having a full-on conversation with Stan Carter, even though he is Stan Carter. Well, it turns out that this is just in Stan Carter's imagination, right? He's just talking to his alter ego, I guess you could say. So anyway, he's having a full-on conversation with him. We cut over to some lawyers debating what his uh, whether he's going to get out of prison because he's insane or whether he should stay in prison because he's a psychotic killer. We get some flashbacks explaining the, the death of Gene Wolfe's storyline. Blah, blah, blah. Which, again, we've all read, but when I was a kid, I hadn't read that. So I appreciated this flashback. 
and then basically, you know, then at the end, one of the lawyers comes in or whatever he is. He's like, Stan, would you like to go home? And he's like, very much. Then we cut over to a scene of Mary Jane, who's actually incorporated into the story for once. And she is treating her husband to some... Well, I mean, back in those days, she would have just sent this over Instagram, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, they had, she had to use actual a roll of film here, but she's taking some sexy photos to give to her husband. And there's kind of a cool little scene where she's posing for the camera, but then in the middle of her photo shoot, Peter Parker crawls in uh, across the wall, reaches down, grabs her, and then they start making out, right? So that's the end of that scene. And then who knows what happens after that. But anyway. Are you sure he just didn't give her like a piece of carrot cake? Uh, well, I mean. She, she says, mmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think probably something like that. Who knows oh, what's going on? Oh, you brute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut over to reintroducing someone who we haven't seen in at least two months. Electro. Remember? Because he was in the wedding issue. Right. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> he, he was there. <laughs> so Max Dillon um, Electro is in his plain clothes. He walks into a jewelry store and holds it up with a kid's plastic toy gun, which I thought was really cool because the guy behind the counter is like, oh, come on, sir. This is a respectable establishment. You could at least use a respectable weapon. And then he just zaps him because he's like, well, the gun is a toy, but the electrical current that I sent through it was not. So basically he holds him up, gets the jewels, takes off. Then Peter Parker and Mary Jane are walking along. Peter sees the um, Daily Bugle that uh, has a headline saying that the Sinister has been released. So Peter's all pissed off and he's talking about how he's going to pull a Batman and he's going to go scare Stan Carter and, you know, tell him that he's going to be following him and blah, blah, blah. So then he changes into Spidey, goes swinging around town and comes across um, the apartment where Stan Carter has returned to. And there's news reporters all around. Um, Spider-Man crawls in to confront him and he actually puts on like a tough guy voice like the shadow for those of you who don't know the shadow was a vigilante from the 30s anyway kind of like batman so he's just imagine christian bale right you mean kind of like the cape the cape <laughs> what's the cape you, you guys don't remember the cape no. i know the cape nbc's the cape yeah. no i don't i don't you know how many cape fans here <laughs> no you got Sorry. you got me <laughs> all right yeah uh keith keith david oh okay I have much All to right, learn. I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah, he, it, it was a uh, it was an NBC show that was uh, canceled as it was airing. I love <laughs> yes. those. Oh, are my favorite kind had, of shows had Summer Glau on it. Had uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. they make a lot of reference to it, references to it on Community. Okay. Oh, yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. They do. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought I would live out the rest, the remaining days of my life without some, anyone ever uttering those words. <laughs> but hey, here we are. Uh, so what's Spidey doing, Mike? Spidey is confronting Stan Carter, but Stan Carter <laughs> has a limp and a lisp and a stutter. Not a lisp, he's a stutter. And um, he basically explains to Spider-Man how... The last time Spider-Man saw him, he beat the shit out of him and crippled him. And Stan Carter's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, I deserved it. Like, you know, remember I killed all those people? And Spider-Man's like, no, don't you dare. You're trying to <laughs> you're trying to guilt me? Forget it. It's all your fault, not my fault. And he just jumps out the window. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and then we and then and then once he leaves, um Sin Eater appears in Stan Carter's imagination again. And he's like, ha ha ha, that was beautiful, Stan. 
blah, blah, blah. And then Stan Carter takes a swing at him, but then, of course, he's in his imagination, so he doesn't hurt him. And then he just falls over, and Sydney just laughing, right? So let me cut back over to Electro, who's, like, robbing more jewelry stores or whatever he's doing. And he's like, so now Spider-Man is feeling guilty, right? He's like, oh, man. He's like, oh, I, you know, I've always had to pull my punches, but with Sin Eater, I just let loose because, you know, he murdered my friend and he murdered some other people too, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, okay, well, oh, what's going on? Oh, look, Electro. So in his mind, he's feeling like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold back. So he goes to confront Max Dillon and he punches him, but he doesn't really hurt him. So he's fighting uh, Electro, fighting him. And then, of course, Spider-Man makes the mistake of using the word static in a sentence, which gives <laughs> Electro the idea, wait, static? Hold on. That's it. That's got to be it. So, so Electro gets the idea that maybe Spider-Man's powers don't work on like, you know, actual stickiness like glue. They work on static electricity. So then since Electro is the master of electricity, he ends up, uh, you know, somehow, like whatever that's called, where you get rid of the, oh yeah, he, he's like, all I had to do was sever that adhesion and presto, no more wall crawler. So he's figured out how to defeat Spider-Man. And then, you know, if this was if there's any logic to this villain, he would just kill him right there. But he's like, he's still breathing. Well, I'll finish the job here and nah, that's too simple. I'll just fly away so he can, you know, defeat me next issue. So he flies away and he leaves. It's kind of cool, though, because he leaves Spider-Man just laying there in a heap, all like with like smoke coming off of him and all the people crowding around him. And that is the cliffhanger. So I think this issue is freaking awesome i love it uh the only thing i have to say is i don't know if there's much it, it feels a little bit random to have the electro thing in the same issue as the sin eater thing but other than that i think it's a great issue i loved everything about it uh barry what'd you think of this issue yeah it was pretty good it was a weird uh combination with like with the Doc Ock issue because you're just like man just spider-man just does not believe in psychiatry <laughs> he does not believe in rehabilitation at all um so aside from that yeah it, it was pretty good and like uh i liked uh i i appreciate like he said i appreciated the the recap of gene dewolf's death because like it's been years and years and years since i've read any of that so i was like all right all right i'm back i'm back uh yeah it was good it was good i uh i feel like Trying to think if I had anything specific that I remembered. Oh, just like I found like the scene in the beginning where I like, I don't know if they're lawyers or court appointed psychiatrists who are trying to give like a, a consensus on Carter's mindset. It just went on forever. And like some of, of it was back. Well, no, more just like them Before discussing that. it. Okay, okay, and like, okay. I was just like, and like some of the dialogue in it, like it was just like placeholder, like smart dialogue where they hear like, we're like when Sin Eater's talking to like Carter, he's like, we're a dynamic duo. And he lists like Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello. And he says Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm like, those aren't people. Those are <laughs> right, cities, you right, idiot. Right. And then there was another one, like in the next page where like the lawyer's like, you're trying to. You're you're saying your client's a good person. You're saying he's a real Helen of Troy. I'm like, that's not a saying. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. These aren't these aren't good references. Well, wait. The only thing I can say though is here, Helen of Troy did hear voices in her head, so maybe that's what he's referring to, right? No, that's Joan of Arc. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Wait, if I got it wrong, Helen of Troy was just hot. Right. That's all she was. Yeah. Maybe Peter David got it wrong too. She's yeah. the the you know okay. the face that launched a thousand launched a thousand ships. ships. Yeah. Okay. I also I also love that like the other lawyers lo- the other lawyers like yeah you don't know Helen of Troy I do okay I've got a client that's uh-huh. that's really like that okay. I love the one the one lawyer who's just like yeah I didn't read any of the yeah. case notes. <laughs> So watching the game. I love, the game. I love they, how they, they call him on it. They're like, yeah, you're yeah, probably he was also watching the Spider-Man game. Definitely. No, it's yeah, a lot exactly. too. Yeah, you're right. I was watching uh, Spider-Man it was, it was play a football with some kids so with a football full of crack. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun. I had a I had a good time reading it. All right. Uh Joshua Mervell, what'd you think? Yeah, it was weird, but good. Um I get, yeah, I also don't like this lawyer stuff. It does not make any sense that they're releasing this dude. No. It makes no sense. I don't know. He he, he murdered multiple people, and then in less than a year, he's out. Even if they they rule it as, like, insanity or whatever it is, they don't just release the person. He's a white cop, though, so. Can I also Never say, mind. do you remember that yeah, guy? Everything you just said doesn't apply. Yeah. Do you remember that yeah. guy in Canada that cut off someone's head and ate On a him? bus. He yeah. is yeah, out now. He is on the street because he's crazy. So they released him. Yeah. So it can happen. Okay, well, now I'm terrified yeah. again. <laughs> I forgot I was afraid of that really. man. Thank yeah, you anyway. for bringing that back to t- t- um. my <laughs> Now I'm afraid of buses again. <laughs> um For, forgot but yeah for the 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 issue was pretty good um i love the stuff with electro at the beginning him robbing that jewelry store with the toy gun right is such a fun idea yeah and it's like this is a pretty seer like it's a more serious tone to this comic so having like small things like that really kind of like elevate it so it's not so dull like mm-hmm electro not in costume robbing a jewelry store is kind of like a boring idea and it wouldn't it would not be something that would stand out to me but that like small little detail kind of gives him more character and like it just elevates that scene a little bit it's just like i don't know it was such a nice touch that i really liked and like i was thinking about even after finishing uh the book um the stuff with mj is really good uh both like the beginning scene where she's like introduced taking the pictures and then later on uh, when Peter finds out that Sin Eater is released. Um, I will say at the end, I think that maybe we shouldn't have had Peter like storm off like that and like throw a temper tantrum, but I did like the two of them kind of like talking to each other, him like grabbing the newspaper and then she's like talking the newsstand guy down and throwing him, you know, a couple of coins or whatever to pay for the newspaper. And like, like I like their interaction with each other. So there's some really good stuff uh, in this issue. Um, Mm -hmm. It does end a little strange um, with him jumping out the Sin Eater's window randomly yeah it was weird <laughs> like yeah. it would have been a good ending i think even like the cliffhanger is a spider-man doing the right thing by going and threatening this guy mm-hmm. that like has literally has brain damage now because of spider-man 
You know what I mean? Like that is such a better cliffhanger than than the electro like, thing. Uh, I guess we'll I guess we'll have him fight electro real quick at the end, so we have like a cool cliffhanger of him frying on the sidewalk. But well. I don't know. Trust me, I've thought about this a lot, but I think it's just the idea that now he's doubting himself, and so that's why he loses. And the question now is, what is he going to do now going forward? Because he knows that he can beat the crap out of people if he uses his full power. I don't know. That's how I took it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that like it, that it makes sense, and like introducing Electro at the beginning, and then having him doubt his power, and then that leads to his loss at the end. It it makes sense. I just think that. The scene was weak. Yeah, you know what I mean? like I just feel like it was just. Eh, I think the better interaction is with him having to deal with himself mm-hmm. with Sin Eater. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that uh, he brings up Batman in the issue because it is really a Batman issue that you don't necessarily see Batman deal with it, but it gets brought up a lot in discourse about Batman about how he just beats the shit out of criminals and like probably does some serious damage so right, it was right, weird right. it was weird to see that like you know brought in as text mm-hmm. not subtext right uh gia julie have you given us your review yet what do you think probably not <laughs> <laughs> I, are we on recommendations or reviews no we're on reviews, reviews. full review oh okay well i mean you haven't fine (laughs) (laughs) i agree with everything everyone said i also disagree with everything or agree with everything everyone disagreed about so um there (laughs) the story is fine the art is great i love the art um wait am i thinking about the right book sorry something Something has just happened here, so I'm a, a bit distracted. Well, you're, um, I'll just say quickly, it's the same. It's Sal Buscema again, except it's a different inker. So, yeah, there's some yeah. there's some great moments in the art, like you were saying earlier, Mike. Uh, that last panel, although, I, again, I thought it was like a weaker story point. That last panel of him, like the, the steam and the smoke coming off of him as he's laying in the street is fantastic. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Um it's kind of cool to to have like a fight with Electro not in costume. Like that's it 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 weirdly works in this issue. Sure. Um so like making him an interesting character out of co- uh, uh out of costume is pretty cool. Uh again, he his layouts are really great. I was never lost or confused while reading this or like has to do like double takes. Um, there's a couple of moments too where uh, he uses like Dutch tilts to kind of emphasize Spider-Man's movements. Like when he's crawling down the building, it's like the 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 angle of the building goes past ninety oh, degrees, and yes. it looks like he's he's going the opposite direction. Like it's really cool to kind of it really feels like the whole camera almost is yep. like turning with him. It's pretty cool. I noticed that too. That was so yeah. freaking cool. I'm not sure yeah. if maybe. Steve Ditko or John Romita maybe innovated that technique, but like for possibly yeah. for a wall crawling superhero, what a smart way to do that. You're right. I also don't remember that panel like that that framing from any of uh, uh, any of the comics we've read. Right. So if 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 it was like lifted from something else, it's nothing that I remember us reading. So right. it, it feels fresh, even if it isn't. So I it, agree. It's, uh, yeah, a nice little uh, 
Nice little panel there. And sorry, Jolie, you were you were getting your technology together there. Did you have more to say? Um, <clears throat> no, I was actually commenting on the exactly wrong book. So, oh, here mm. we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this one I liked a lot. Not a lot, but it was more. Um, there was like kind of more story to digest. For me, mm-hmm. um, I also appreciate because I wasn't around for the death of Gene DeWolf storyline. So I really appreciated that they, I always mean to go back and I really mm-hmm. appreciate that they did it and they, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't super verbose. Uh, right. like, you know what I mean? Um, I agree with Barry though. I really find it interesting that they explored with, um the scenery character the idea that uh peter really fucked him up and like mm-hmm. this is the we don't see the aftermath usually of that mm-hmm. um we saw it with doc ock in the last issue but they didn't talk about it he was just in a bed mm-hmm. and it, i don't even think it was totally peter either like and he apparently according to this story he wailed on sin eater Mm-hmm. until he was like unconscious and broken and then you know what does that do um we don't really explore what that does psychologically to uh the hero character and right. then the reader because the reader doesn't have to think about it but now we're meant to think about it and i i really hope that they do more with that in the next three issues of the arc i also think mary jane brings up a really good point and this is the reason why you need to have his wife in the story is that she's like she wants better for him we always see peter not doing well like that's been hello parker that's always Mm -hmm. been the um the peter that we're kind of the status quo for peter is that he's like this struggling photographer but she's like this rich model um, who is changing his life and yes she is sitting here taking images uh, for like in a, in a bikini for her husband but she's also thinking about how his life could be better mm-hmm. like he doesn't need to be taking salacious photos for the Daily Bugle when he could be making a bunch of cash in the modeling industry just like she is he could be taking fashion photos and he she knows that he's good enough to do it. And it's it's all in thought bubbles and it all takes place over like 12 panels and it ends <laughs> it ends with Peter squashing those thoughts. Like literally just like doing what Peter does which is just be with women. You know what I mean? Like she he's with this woman. She's she has this whole awesome future probably planned out for him that'll better both of their lives and especially his and kind of like change his his status quo and then it's like oh yeah that's right he's still peter <laughs> not womp <laughs> uh yeah yeah it is pretty interesting like she's a model he's a photographer and they like that doesn't become what they do together it's so yeah. strange mm-hmm. good point yeah. and and like she, she could cover for him all the time too when he's got to run off and be spider-man and like yeah so it, it's a great idea that she has and it's a bummer that uh 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. At least I don't remember that ever happening. And it's a perfect cover, too, because it's like, where was Peter Parker when he was captured by the claw for two weeks? Like, oh, mm, he was in Aspen taking photos. Mm. Like, it could literally be anywhere. He could be anywhere taking photos. And um, no yeah. one would check on it because no one that you don't care about that stuff. And instead, like he participates in probably the most suspicious activity. I don't know how anyone has figured out that he isn't Peter Parker mm-hmm. based on really simple triangulation of where the camera is mm-hmm. in all of these shots. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. That is my really quick, not so quick, assessment of this this story. Bex Luth, did you give your review yet? I didn't. Okay. What do you and think? You can tell because everyone's having intellectual conversation. And that's <laughs> not my forte. All right. <laughs> um, take it from here. I liked it a lot. And honestly, I like the Mary Jane stuff the best, which is shocking, I know. Mm. Um Whenever I complain about women in comic books, it's not this. I want people to know that there is a big difference between some of the other depictions of women we've seen in previous issues versus this one. A woman taking, like, obviously she's a fictional character, but, like, taking full responsibility for it. She's like, I'm going to take sexy pictures for my husband, and that's what we're doing. And even, like, the framing, she clearly is taking sexy pictures for her husband, but she's not objectified in the image at all it's it's a really interesting the first time i read it i was like oh this is a really interesting dynamic that i haven't seen in any of these spider-man comics that we've read yet because mary jane is always toted as this incredibly beautiful woman but she's so self-confident that even the sexism of the 80s can't take that from her (laughs) well Mm -hmm. it's also because selby siam is a great artist like you'll see soon when tom mcfarland takes over he draws her in a completely different way, which we can compare in a few months. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, even though she's just in her, a bikini, it's very tasteful, right? Yeah, and, and even Mary Jane as a character, since she's been married, has grown emotionally so much. Mm. She is like wifey material, mm. this girl. She's like, I'm career oriented. I love my job. I love my life. And I love being a wife. Like, she's like, no, this is my man. I'm going to do my best to support him. But also, like, I'm going to live my life. Like, the emotional maturity in the last, like, month of issue, like, of Spider-Cast is ridiculous for her. And Peter has had none of it. (laughs) Absolutely zero (laughs) emotional maturity. His wife is literally telling him the best cost of action for him to do right now is to do nothing. And he's like, nah, run off to be by myself, grab my spider suit, punch an old guy. (laughs) Like, like, Peter, she's thought about this. Just listen to her. Mm. Um... But I do like the idea that, that he does go to confront him and then Amelia is like, oh, I I fucked this guy up. Mm-hmm. But he also killed a lot of people. So is it deserved? You could argue yes or no. You could argue Peter's not the law. Like, I'm sure Daredevil would do that. He's I was shocked he didn't come in. He's like, yeah, but it wasn't your job to it was whatever. Um, it's just it's interesting to see Peter finally realize like he are the one of the stronger Marvel characters. You fuck people up all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just regular people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yeah, when when even when he's like punching Electro, does Electro have enhanced strength or anything? Or is he just like I don't think so, no. I I'm not fully 
familiar with with all of Electro's um incredible abilities there. Just gonna scroll down. Lighty yeah. bolt projection, electrocution, recharging. I don't think there's anything like super strength, but I feel like all of the supervillains are kind of like <laughs> Yeah, they they're given passes. Yeah, yeah they're like, yeah, eh, they they're superpower. They're they're superhumans. They can take it much. Yeah, it says, thanks to electricity circulating through his body, when fully charged Electro is able to lift about 500 pounds. Mm. So I'll take that as he has a little bit extra cool. cushion for the push-in when, when Spidey punches <laughs> him. I don't know if that's Whereas, used in that context, but anyway. Pushing criminals sure around, duh. Oh. No, I'm, I'm talking about his ass. Oh, okay. Specifically. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for trying to help out, Julie. But I am just objectifying this man as well. That's fine, too. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, it's just, it's, it's just interesting that he's finally, like, after decades of being Spider-Man, he's like, oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> if I punch regular people, I leave them in this mm. catatonic state, and then they can't walk or talk, and they're deaf, and then <laughs> he's so shocked that it was <laughs> his deaf. fault, too. Well, because Stan's yeah, deaf now, deaf. right? Yeah. He's like, you have to, you have to right. speak up. So he's so shocked. He's like, who did this to you? Mm. And he's like, man, you, you. you did. Mm. Remember the last time we saw each other? I was mush on the, the pavement. But it's interesting because, like, even though, like, it's, you know, it's implied that, you know, Carter's faking a lot of this. So, like, Peter's not going to learn anything. Right. <laughs> Peter's not allowed to grow emotionally. Only everyone else around him is. <laughs> Well, I should also point out, so this is written by Peter David, but this is 88. This is post-Watchmen. And uh, I always like to throw out a, throw a bone to Alan Moore whenever I can. But um, the scene at the beginning where Stan Carter is talking to the Sin Eater as a separate person, I assume was lifted from Miracle Man because in Miracle Man Book 2, the whole book, Kid Miracle Man is talking to himself in the same way. And I can only assume that this idea of kind of like actually having consequences to the people that you beat the shit out of probably came from Watchmen or Miracle Man or something, or even Frank Miller, right? Dark Knight or something like that. So th these ideas were kind of floating around in the air, but at the time they were definitely something new, especially for Spider-Man, especially when in the same month we have Spider-Man playing football with a bunch of kids, you know? <laughs> this is clearly like, and it's funny because Peter, or, um, Jim Shooter did not like Peter David's writing. So I think this is kind of an example of like the older generation and the newer generation of writers that were coming in. That's what we see here. So, uh, and it, uh, go ahead. One last thing yeah. too, before we do like recommendations and stuff. Um, there's like one moment in this issue. We've kind of briefly talked about it, but Spider-Man jumping out the window. Awesome. <laughs> it, I think normally it would be awesome. <laughs> uh, like, like if this, if that was in, the web of issue this week we would we would be talking about it like it's the most amazing thing mm. ever right because it's so ridiculous it's like that scott pilgrim where he like yeah. jumps out the window in the background right like it's hilarious but unfortunately we're i feel like it, it wasn't funny to me it was funny in a small sense but i was also kind of just like annoyed by it because it was like undermining a really serious 
see sorry is parker snoring into the mic? Okay. oh yes he yeah. is i'm trying to uh, just just He's as sweetie. just as parker uh undermines my point i'm trying to make uh this that like one panel i think kind of takes away from what the story is trying to tell you about this character how he's like a sympathetic villain the the actions that were taken uh, uh, uh to like stop him has left him in this state and now spider-man uh, Peter Parker has to deal with those consequences. He has to deal with the fact that he did this to a person. He had the power to hold his punches and just put the guy in jail, but he left him in this like state and he like jumps out a window and says, no, keep away from me. Like it's so, it's, it's such, such a, funny a friend. I know. It, <laughs> I just it's just, at it again. it's just such a bummer. <laughs> it's just such a bummer because I really wanted that moment. Of yeah. them like talking this out, I-, I wanted that moment of Peter having to like face the fact that he mm. did this to per- to this person, whether he was a good guy or a bad guy, <laughs> he did like permanent damage, and <laughs> like it's this like yeah. stupid goofy yeah, like you can hear the cart you can hear the cartoon wild. noise yeah. <laughs> also, yes. check out how so like kind of ex- check out how accentuated his ass is. In <laughs> Yeah. That's what I'm That's saying. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know. So yeah, I, I I know it's not like this. This story is not supposed to be like super deep, but I just felt like it was a serious moment that I wanted. It was kind of like a bummer to see it end like that. I think. I don't see the thing about I, again, just like Alex Saviak, <laughs> Sal Buscema is one of those guys that. He was never trying to be cool. He was never trying to be hip. He was just telling a story. So I don't know. I feel like he didn't realize that 35 years later, later a bunch of adults would be analyzing it on a podcast. <laughs> right. right? He's probably just like another yeah. do- another panel done for today or whatever. So I don't know. I don't mind it that much. You know? He 100% knew that in yeah. the year 2021, <laughs> 2020, and 2022, Jolie and Becca would be keeping a butt tally. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's just for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, they're making Peter so sexy. I fucking, I'm such a fan. <laughs> I should also point out that Sal Buscema drew two issues this month. Uh, he drew Web and Spectacular. And Vince Coletta drew, or he inked all three of them. So this was a different time. Like, nowadays, an artist, we're lucky they, to get two issues in a row out of them, right? But they also probably had more time because they did not work on Craven. So they had a whole month free. Okay. So, okay. So I'll I, give I you feel that. like with the shuffle, not not to discredit, not to discredit yeah. or anything, but I feel like, yeah, I think around the time too, they had, which, which I think goes to show that like, if you give your artist time, they can do two issues, but they need the time to be able to do it properly. Sure. Because both the art in this one and in web are really, really great. And I feel like if, if he had one month to do both of them they would not be this good okay okay yeah so yeah i love this issue i'm gonna give it you know it's funny because we just talked about craven and it's funny we keep forgetting we just reviewed life in the mad dog ward we can't forget about life in the mad dog ward i would like to forget but, i uh, would like to forget yeah, yeah. Our, no. my memory's been <laughs> erased but um <laughs> After we recorded last week, I I cleansed it by I was like, oh, you know, we talked so much about it. I went back and reread Craven's last night, so it's just like nice. 
But uh, yeah, even though I do love, I do enjoy Craven's Last Hunt. I I like stuff like this, you know, just as much, mm. if not more. So we'll talk about it as the story unfolds. But I definitely recommend this issue. Uh, Barry, what about you? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Awesome, uh, Josh. Yep, I I definitely recommend this one. It's got some fun moments, and I'm excited to see the rest of the saga unfold. Bex Luthor. You recommend it? I give it seven out of ten sexy Mary Jane Boudoir pictures. Awesome. That you don't appreciate enough, Peter. <laughs> uh, G.I. Jolie? I recommend it, if not for butts and boudoir photos, then the um, genius wordplay with the word sin. <laughs> Yes, that we did mention. Seer, there's more where that came from. I'm sure it will be sensational. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, yeah. Speaking of wordplay, the the electro. As soon as Spidey said "static," he's like, "Oh yeah, static electricity." Did he ever think of that before? (laughs) That was. He also in the jewelry shop say, "You didn't think that the static electricity from my gun would do anything, though." Right? Like, he says static electricity, I think, even before. But it doesn't mean that he thought it applied to Spider-Man, though, right? Not He's not the brightest bulb in the uh, box. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just funny that Spider-Man just saying the word static was like, oh my god, I got it. That was, he, that was bad. That was for He even has a conversation, <laughs> but he has a conversation with him in, in his head where he's just like, you know what? Maybe I keep getting busted because I'm always wearing that outlandish costume <laughs> to rob things. Yeah, <laughs> that was the problem. But yeah, um, anyway. One yes. more thing. We briefly mentioned this, but who likes the new Spectacular Spider-Man logo uh, versus the old Peter Parker of the Spectacular Spider-Man logo? Does anyone like this one better or would, it, would you rather it stay unique? To uh, notice. Yeah, I wanted to say... <laughs> I liked the Peter Parker aspect of the title. Me too. Yeah, yeah it, it made it stand out from the uh, from the other ones. I agree. Uh, and I think before more so when we first started the podcast, like in the early 80s, Spectacular really felt like um, it was more about uh, Peter and like right. his personal life, especially when he was in school. Like we kind of had that like, cast of like university students that were constantly in just pretty much the peter parker uh spectacular issues so it was mm-hmm. kind of nice it felt more of like personal stories with peter amazing was more of like the everyday whacking super villains over the head uh and then i mean marvel team up and Weber. marvel team up and web <laughs> anyone else yeah it was good i i, I don't know i i i, I think uh, not being a uh, a regular, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think a lot of these titles end up going under because they just end up becoming the same thing as mm-hmm. each other. So, like, yeah, it probably was better to focus on Peter Parker's life than that. Just another, and the logo's a little, the logo's a little bland, right? Because now it's exactly the same as Amazing, right? Just the like mm-hmm. the the little the over it mm-hmm. is is just weird, right? I like being reminded that over time, like, it's always existed. Like, a series of unfortunate events. This is also another long title that is, you know, unbearable and barely fits, but we're going to make it fit. Like, I liked that Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, was, like, gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't like this one. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, it gets... Which, go ahead. Which is weird, because I like Amazing. I like the Amazing Spider-Man logo, and this is the exact same, but it just... It sucks that it's the exact same. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like... It's like Jimmy Olsen. Blah, 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 blah. Superman's not a boyfriend. Like, you know Superman's what I mean? Superman's like, pal. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. I like that it's got his name just, in it. Just friends, we swear. <laughs> exactly exactly uh so yeah i guess that wraps up our episode uh we want to thank barry for joining us two weeks in a row barry thank you so much hope you had a good time yeah thanks for having me again it was a lot of fun all right you kind of witnessed the transformation from dark spider-man to light spider-man right in only a two-week period so that's kind of interesting right Oh, yeah, it was a real roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bex Luthor and G.I. Jolie. You're welcome. Are you sure you want to thank me? But okay. Ooh, of course. And Josh, <laughs> you can take it from here. Yeah, we also want to thank the listener so much. Uh, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcast, or you can drop us a line on Twitter at, at HCT Spidercast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the issues and the podcast. Let's keep that comic conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, see you later. Bye.